this is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call on Tuesday, the 29th of August, 2023. And first of all, thank you very much for all the very kind words that people uh, said about John and the podcast uh, yesterday on uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm sure that uh, it uh, that, that John appreciate those words and and yeah, I, I'm, uh, he has been working very hard uh, for those years to build this uh, this podcast and 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 uh, provide his insights on uh, you know on macro and um, and central banks and 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 FX. So um, he will be greatly missed. And as I, as I said yesterday. Um, we we're going to make some changes to the to the podcast, and we have actually agreed internally uh, on the next step. Um, and as I, as I've said internally as well, and you can, uh, I mean, these changes were to the Saxo Market Call would would have happened in any case. We we were moving towards uh, this uh, this step anyway. So we, you know, based on you know, the feedback we have got from our regular listeners, also from from clients more directly. There is a huge uh, wish and demand for um, that we go more in depth in in a lot of things. Um, people, for instance, saying, uh, oh, yeah, "I, it's it's sad that LTA is only getting three minutes on uh, on fixed income." I wanted to talk more about what's happening and on equities. Sometimes you you rush things on on companies, and uh, because of that, and also with the with the change to our team with John leaving for uh, for a bigger and a very exciting position at, at Saxo, we will change the podcast starting from next next week and. I will communicate uh, later this week uh, on which days, but we'll, we'll break up the Saxo Market Call podcast from being this um, uh, macro macro trader oriented podcast with everything under the sun wrapped into one podcast, and break it into individual podcasts for the different uh, topics. So, for instance, on Monday it could be it could be currencies and the macro. Uh, on a Thursday it could be commodities. Um, I will be host, except on the day where I talk about equities. It will still be 15 minutes. The podcast will be, uh, you know, more deep dive on the individual uh, subject, and it will be um, a different type of conversation. So, as you probably know, we we have always put in these um, these slide decks, and a lot of the charts and the information we provide in the slide deck, you will find in our regular analysis, which are publicly available for free on analysis.saxo. So you can always uh, you can always find all the information, our thoughts with those related charts there. Um, but going forward, the podcast will change its format. So we will not do the slide deck. We will go to um, a podcast format where we have a conversation. So when it's uh, you, Ole, you're on the call today. When you talk about yep. commodities, <laughs> when you talk about commodities, we will we'll zoom in on uh, on three topics. I will be the host and we'll try to make it a little bit more opinionated, a little bit more biased and a bit more uh, forward looking than than what we can manage uh, in this daily podcast uh, that we do. And then uh, the, the final change that will happen to the podcast is that we've always rushed this podcast to get it out as quickly as possible. And that has created some some uh, some friction uh, in our team from, from now and then. And, and not always we, we felt we could keep up the quality because we also wanted to do the slide deck. So the, the new podcast format will also be recorded um, later during the day. Um, so hopefully that would be felt as well in terms of uh, the quality. So we're fully aware it's a lot of changes to our regular listeners over the uh, over the past three years, and uh, 
probably some of you will leave. I, I don't know. I hope most of you will, will stay. I think it actually will turn out to be a much better po uh, podcast. And we will still leave a day open, most likely on Fridays, for Saxo special editions. We'll take Stain into the studio. We'll pro sometimes it could also be, you know, uh, you know, a deeper dive on a specific topic. It could be Ola and I that go into the studio and we debate what, what say, you know, a preview of Jackson Hole. So there will still be some cross uh, things, but it will not be the main feature of this uh, the podcast. I don't know whether you have anything to to add to what I just said, Ola. No, I think you covered uh, very well, uh, Peter. And, and um, yeah, it, it, it just basically... Instead of skipping the skimming the surface, um, I think everyone would like to uh, to to uh, quite often deep a little bit, uh, dig a little bit deeper, and uh, especially my my commodities, which sometimes can be a bit uh, difficult and daunting uh, to understand fully. I'll I'll try to obviously try to to make it um, even more palatable. So um, so uh, yeah, I think it's it's it, it would be good. But uh, yeah, and we are fully aware, obviously. We all creatures of uh, of habits. Uh, we like we we don't like change, but uh, hopefully you'll uh, you'll stick with us and and uh, and join us, uh, continue to join us on this uh, journey that we 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 move towards now. Absolutely, great stuff. Okay, let's get going with today's podcast, um, and we will continue with the the current format for the rest of the week. Um, what we are observing in the market is. A continuation of momentum in Chinese equities. The Country Garden, one of the large real estate developers, um, have asked for a grace period, 40 days, on one of its uh, uh, maturing UN bonds. Um, there seems to be, you know, uh, a pivot as well. Um, the, the FT, uh, sorry, the Wall Street Journal is running an article with uh, increasingly uh, amount of presentations and talks among our value investors to look at China. China is also our China consumer and technology basket. is the best performing basket over the past week, up almost four percent. So, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of chatter, uh, a lot of energy around uh, China. We also going to publish a couple of uh, of, uh, of research notes from. Um, from our strategies of Hong Kong on, on on some of the reforms that the Chinese government is planning, um, so this is this is an ongoing uh, an ongoing thing, and and all we have, don't have a chart or a slide deck uh, or slides uh, sorry on on this topic today, but we have to mention a little bit what's happening across the fixed income and currency part of the market because um, we're seeing the retreat from the dollar after six weeks of uh, of a very strong rally and. Um, yeah, we banked the dollar spot index banked into some key uh, resistance level in the past couple of trading sessions, and we're seeing the the U.S. bond yields a little bit softer here. So that's adding a little bit support as well. I think you mentioned the yen uh, in focus there. So, but uh, what else are we are we seeing? Yeah, well, it, it's quite clear that the, this higher for longer message on on Friday was. Uh... Which I would say, on balance, was was uh, well, it was a hawkish stance, and especially with the market uh, having built up to perhaps uh, maybe a little bit more of a dovish signal, uh, it was a hawkish signal he sent. But the same, the market is not really buying fully into it. Uh, we're seeing yields uh, trading softer, as you mentioned, uh, Peter. The dollar has softened as well, and uh, it, it basically leads us to just to keep a focus, keep an eye on on dollar yen because uh, we're currently trading above the level that uh, triggered that uh, big round of intervention back in September. And uh, with with yield differentials uh, coming uh, coming down a bit, it's uh, it, it it seems like we are we are potentially just topping out a bit here in in, in dollar. And I suppose also the the threat of of intervention is 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 there. At the same time, um, staying with FX, uh, our Charu uh, Chanana in uh, our our strategist in um, in uh, Singapore will publish a, um, a, a an FX watch uh, two or three times a week. 
and you can always find it on analysis.saxo. Uh, but uh, I'll also try to basically going forward, everything that we produce uh, will be tweeted from one handle, SaxoStrats. You can find that on Twitter. And they, they can find uh, the production that comes from all the different uh, strategists. And uh, so I, I, I urge you to take a look at if you are FX focused uh, to to uh, to follow follow Charo and and uh, her output on, on FX. So, uh, but uh, Dolly and I think is 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 a key focus just uh, in the short term at least. All right, Ola. And um, <clears throat> we're talking a lot about China these days for good reasons. Uh, we should say that despite the positive momentum, of course, there's still considerable risk in, in China, especially related to their, their credit markets and the shadow banking system. So uh, it's not like we're out of the wood at all. Um, but And I, I think it's a good segue to talk about metals, which you have highlighted here on slide three in today's slide deck, because you know metals is very much linked to demand out of, uh, out of China because of the you know the previous very big building boom we had in China, which is uh, running at a slower pace. But um, what uh, what do you want to say on on, on metals today? Will? Well, on metals, uh, let's just split it up. Uh, industrial metals first and foremost, which is the uh, really the China centric one. Uh, we we're still seeing um, we're still seeing the green transformation demand for copper in in China uh, rising potentially stronger than uh, than market had anticipated, and that's helping offset some of the some of the slowdown that uh, is also uh, likely to uh, occur in the property sector. So, so um, copper is holding very well. Uh, but uh, what what I wanted to also just focus on is that, uh, as I said, the the signal from from Jackson Hole on Friday, uh, the fact that it did not carry any follow through selling in the market, does indicate that the market potentially has uh, has the kind of positioning that they they were they had they 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 were they were pleased with or, or happy with and the fact we're now starting to see a small bit coming into uh, not only gold silver but also platinum palladium yesterday palladiums uh, platinum's uh, discount to gold uh, shrunk by more than forty dollars um it's happening at a time where the, the the speculative interest is is relatively short you can see that both in on the insert down slide three in the top right corner that from our weekly cut update the uh, that eight thousand six hundred uh, lot short in palladium that's equivalent to five uh, five days. Um, now actually, that's the if you take the gross short, which is twelve thousand. That's obviously the one that really gets squeezed if the market start to uh, price start to move higher. That's equivalent roughly of five days of uh, turnover. And if you have a short position that uh, that will take you five days of full volume to cover, that obviously does indicate the risk upside risk if we start to see any any break up. Looking at look at the charts, we have not broken anything at this point in time, but it just looks like we're starting to see a little bit of a capitulation from the from the short sellers simply before because we didn't get a follow through despite that uh, I would say hawkish message that was uh, delivered on on Friday. All right. Yeah. Interesting, uh, interesting developments there in the uh, in the industrial metal space. Um, stocks to watch today. Um, obviously, we um, we will we'll mention the, the Chinese equities uh, because of this uh, country garden news and and the um, the momentum that is being carried through. Also, that article we referred to on the first, uh, sorry, the second slide in today's slide deck um, that value investors are looking at at China. So and you know as I have showed in some of my previous equity notes, the Chinese equity market has. You know, have has been really underperforming for many years, and in terms of valuation, it's it's really trading at a deep discount. But we should remember, as always, that when you see these big discounts in emerging markets, they often reflect uh, risk premiums that are that uh, are reflect you know that reflect political risk premiums. That was always the case in in uh, in Russia, and I think in China there is this uncertainty risk premium that we really don't really know the policy response and and whether the economic model has to be changed etc so so be aware still risk are considerable if you if you add chinese exposure here and then 3m we have to mention 3m it's been you know this iconic 
a U.S. industrial company with the the post-it notes, etc. It's been really on a terrible, terrible slide over a five-year period, as you can see here on slide four. What a depressing share price! Um, it's a company that, in recent years, have really been, you know, having having these very dark clouds hanging over the company. And one of the cases that have been you know, adding to the negative narrative around the company has been that the company apparently, you know, manufactured defective uh, earplugs for for the U.S. military over a, over a considerable time period and um there has been you know a settlement and, and up to 300,000 lawsuits against the company this is a very big uh, big thing against 3M and um, they yesterday announced that they have settled uh, this law these lawsuits with a uh, with a you know, settlement of five and a half billion US dollars and that's roughly half of what was expected by many of the analysts that are tracking the stock that was 10 billion dollars so uh, the shares rallied five percent and as you can see here it, it has been trading relatively stable in a trading range for the past um two quarters there quarters there and with uh, this litigation risk and, and settlement uh, out of the way uh, maybe there is a there is a path forward here for 3m so if you're a long-term investor and i think a case like this is always you know is it's it's a restructuring case it's also because of the valuation a value investor case so if you if you're interested interested in those type of uh, trades or investments i definitely encourage you to take a look at 3m and and think about whether that's something for you um and then earnings watch slide five we uh, we have previewed some of the things that but today the the key focus is on HP the consumer side of Hewlett Packard's business and then Neo Neo we have highlighted in the quarterly financial snippet so uh, a weak Q2 expected in China for Neo but then you know, as you can see here the analyst estimates are, are quite positive for the subsequent uh, Q3 and Q4 in terms of revenue growth it's still a company that is hemorrhaging. Uh, cash on a quarterly basis as they try to ramp up uh, production. And then the big day is tomorrow, of course, with the three US technology stocks, Salesforce, CrowdStrike, Pure Storage, all reporting after after the US market close. And then on Thursday, big focus here in Europe on UBS, first quarter after the the uh, the merger between or acquisition, forced acquisition or merger, you can say, by the Swiss government with UBS taking over the Erling uh, Credit Suisse. It's going to be quite an, an interesting earnings release with Amati, the uh, the CEO of the combined group, working hard uh, to and fast, I think, I hope so for him, to um, to implement cost-cutting exercises. The, 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 key, the key narrative or the key uh investment idea or uh, thesis on this was that if uh, if UPS would be successful in integrating Credit Suisse but also cut costs so Credit Suisse unit would come up to the same return on tangible equity uh, equity and as uh, UPS it would have been a it will be a fantastic add-on to the business and a very positive shareholder value addition to the the overall group and uh, all Today's macro calendar, we have the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Index for August. Um, a slight decrease from uh, from Ju July is expected, but uh, um, let's see. And with some of the recent uh, retail uh, results that we have got, maybe there could actually be a um, that could we could see a negative surprise to the downside on the con consumer confidence. Um, but uh, we'll see about that. And I don't know whether you have uh, something to add on the API weekly crude and fuel stock report. No, not really. It's just a, a precursor for for tomorrow's uh, main event, the EIA's uh, EIA's weekly update. So, uh, which obviously we will be watching quite closely because of the tightness we're currently seeing in the fuel market, which is underpinning 
underpinning prices. There was a report out there saying that the last week, most one of the most recent weeks, the jet fuel demand in China had exceeded the pre-COVID level. So, um, so the jet fuel part of the uh, the energy. Uh, mix is is running red hot right now um uh, but at the same time we're also seeing we're also seeing tightness in diesel and gasoline so uh, th- these are probably the data we'll be looking out for but that's not on really until tomorrow all right and then uh, as we look ahead uh, for the week the pce deflator obviously and the august u.s jobs report the non-farm payrolls there on on friday obviously going to be the uh, the big focus point as we uh, we get closer to to the weekend but in the meantime you know, stay safe out there, safe trading and investments, um, focus on China. Uh, yeah, still consider the risk out there. And uh, Ulla and I will be back same time and place tomorrow. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com. 